Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. The Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all the usual social media outlets. Do your bit to support us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Give us a like, share, subscribe and join our flourishing community of not just wrestling fans, but gamers, podcasters, musicians and more. It's all about the boom. You know what time it is. It's Tuesday. You know what that means? It's the AEW review on the Untitled Wrestling Podcast special all out edition. It's me, your boy, Big Tasty, joined by Wish.com, Adam Cole, James Luft. Wow, wish.com, Adam Cole, I'll take it. <laughs> How's it going, mate? You okay? I'm, I'm all right. I'm very warm. It's, yeah, for anyone who's not in the UK, um, it went cold for quite a while at the back end of August and it's just suddenly decided to go very hot again today. Uh, it's cold. Cool. According to my watch, it's 28 degrees. Yeah, it's it caught like the entire country off guard, I think. Everyone's yeah. put the fans away and like they're all getting everyone's dad's going up and open the loft to get the fan back out today, I think. Yeah, I, I luckily didn't put my fan away because it gets warm in my room regardless. So yeah. I fan year round. <laughs> um, but I've had to pop a window as well, get, get a tea towel out just in case. Well, speaking of it being red hot. This was oh, an absolute sizzler of a show. If this was served to you on a skillet, it would be making a hell of a lot of noise. Yes, I, I rewatched the the show today, and I obviously like when we were watching it on Saturday night. It was on till five in the morning. It was very Saturday, Sunday night. Even. It was on till five in the morning. It was a little bit harder to stay awake. We've been we've been out uh, drinking before, and we'd had a few uh, shandies. We'd had a few, a few uh, shandies. Um, just to, to point out, Aaron is not here today because he drank so much shite on something that he still hasn't recovered. Yeah, he say, he's literally said he's still tender. Yeah, his words. Uh, also, uh, should we address the fact that Aaron has got to do a stream of him listening to Judas for three hours straight because he played the silly game when he was pissed? Because Chris Judas beat uh, and Jeff. Well, we'll get to that in a bit. Judas did not retire. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but yeah, this this show was phenomenal um, from top to bottom. Um, as I say, from rewatching it today, knowing what was happening, but being able to just appreciate more what was going on, um, it, it did not disappoint. Second view, it was still just as good. Um, yeah, the word the word perfection um, it gets overused a lot in wrestling uh, in anything, um, but I think we'll, we'll get to it at the end. But you know, this came pretty close. It, oh, yeah, usually the best day you'll be paid for you have ever done. Yeah. And I, I've seen a lot of notable, like, sort of wrestling, um, not, not journalists, but, like, YouTubers and stuff like that, say, like, this is probably the best pay-per-view they've seen since WrestleMania 17, which, I mean, WrestleMania 17 is up on another echelon of, like... I mean, that's the, that's, that's the one on the pedestal, isn't it? Until, like, that's the... the to put anything so, up on that level is significant. Uh, and I've seen, I, I'm saying you, I've seen a lot of people, that's a shout a lot of people have been making saying it's the biggest, it feels like the biggest like moment in wrestling since 17. Yeah. In, in um, AEW's like sort of history, it's definitely the biggest show. There's, there's definitely the most hype around the, around the show since like after the first double or nothing. Because like that's the, that's the only real thing I can compare this to where for, as far as within AEW's kind of canon goes, where 
when we watched that and Mox debuted and it was like, oh, fuck, these guys aren't messing around. Yeah. And now we're, here we are, like, two years later, two and a bit years later, and these guys sure as shit aren't messing around. Yeah, I mean, you think about, like you say, all that time ago when Moxie came to the crowd and ended Kenny Omega, to go from what felt like almost like a bit of a one-off special attraction to now it feels like almost like a sea change. Like, this is this is big. Like, they're, they're pulling... They're pulling guys directly from from the from a bigger company. Yeah, and it's not a money and thing, and it's, it's not guys like who take down big money deals. Yeah, it's not a, it's not like WCW where they're splashing the cash. I mean, they're not they're not offering them jump change, but you know they're not they're not t- tempting them away with huge payoffs or anything like that. They've built Tony Khan and and Brian Daniels. We'll, we'll, we'll get into all of this uh, when we get there, but Tony Khan and all the AW. Originals like the people who've been there since day one have built this reputation and this environment that people want to come and join. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, it's it's just really refreshing. I, I think as well the fact that like everyone's so conditioned that WWE are going to do something to disappoint them at the end of a show that like even. Even with this show, there was times when I was thinking, all right, what's going to happen now that's going to, like, kind of sort of cool me down? What's, yeah, what's going to take the wind out? What's going to, like, fucking yeah. punch me in the gut like, in the next, like, 20 minutes? And, like, and we, we said this a lot, like, on the podcast over the last year. Um, as a wrestling fan, predominantly, of, you know, obviously WWE has been the show that you've been watching for the majority of your life. You've almost got to recondition your brain to think, all right, this guy's not on TV for two weeks. He's not got to be forgotten about. This guy's lost. He's not getting buried. You know, something's happened. They're not going to turn around and slap you in the face and like, make you feel yeah. like shit. The, the difference between, like, AW, who are actually planning out, like, these story arcs and planning out where they want to be, like, a year from now with the story and with the certain wrestler compared to, like, ripping up a script and then going, oh, no, change it all, change it all on, like, a moment's notice. Yeah, and this this all this all comes through when like I spent about two hours yesterday watching all of the media scrum because it was just essential viewing, and it was fun listening to everyone talk like all the wrestlers and all the talent. The thing they kept coming back to is Tony Khan, and I'm not saying he's a perfect guy. I'm not saying he never makes mistakes, but at the core of what he wants to do, everything he talks about is entertaining the fans, about giving the fans a, a good show, putting on a good product. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's not about beating anyone. It's not about all right. The networks like ratings, and he likes talking about good ratings, and he, and he deserves good ratings, and it's great that he gets them. But it's not about being the biggest, or you know, beating or ending WWE, or like you know, o- overcoming them or anything like that. It's just about putting on the best show they can with what he considers is the best roster in professional wrestling. Yeah, and I mean, you'd be hard pressed to argue that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, spe- <laughs> speaking of the roster, should we jump in? We're, we're, through, we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell in ma- in minutia on the matches because, like all good AW matches, a lot goes on in them. But we'll we'll yeah. sort of sort of try and briefly recap them and, and sort of give our feelings about how we found them. Uh, we're not going to go into like blow by blow because that would be a real bloody day. So we'll, we'll 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 try and get through fairly quickly and then we can get to the end and we can we can sort of sum up and we can have a nice little conversation about how this what how we got some questions like talk about what this means for the future of AW and like where it's going and, and sort of bits and bobs. I think that's a bit more a bit more interesting than just sort of slogging through like the sort of the blow by blows, if you will. Um, so we start on the pre-show uh, the buy-in. 
And um, Tony Khan, again, this week made some very interesting comments. Uh, he, he basically said that he's always a bit shocked that people consider the pre-show to be like a lesser spot. Yeah, it, it's again, it's all about conditioning, isn't it, though? Like, I, I remember, um, oh shit, what was the what was the first? Uh, it was, in fact, it was double or nothing, wasn't it? I remember the young books talking about um, that it's not a pre- like don't look at the pre- the pre show match as being oh it's just something there and like it's a derogatory thing. Look at it as like this is what we're putting on to try and sell you on. Well, like, yeah, I mean they, 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 li- they literally call it the buy-in. Yeah, it's designed to make you if you're on the fence. It's designed to make you grab your credit card and, and buy the pay per view. Absolutely, it's, it's it's arguably the most important match on the card. Yeah, and usually, as well, it's a good match. Yeah, like last time we had um, Rio, Rio versus, versus Serena, Serena, which was awesome. Which was one of the best matches tonight. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, um, yeah. So this time around, we have a, a big old tag team match extravaganza. We have Jurassic Express, the best friends, that's Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Youth, and Orange Cassidy, versus Matt Hardy and Helico Jack Evans, and Private Party, that is Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy. Um, and this was just a hell of a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was. Um, I mean, you you just look at that that on paper, and of course, it's going to be a lot of fun because you've got like TH2, uh, arguably one of the most underrated tag teams in AEW. Private Party are also another one of the most underrated tag teams in AEW, and then Best Friends are just entertaining and so Jurassic Express. So yeah, no one needs to be said about there's, them. There's not a bad worker. In that, well, like when 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 Matt Hardy's probably like the weak link in that match, you know, it's a good time. Yeah, but even then, Matt Hardy's character work was fantastic. Yeah. and this is just literally Matt Hardy does like mad character shit whilst everyone else bumps their faces off around him. Yeah, <laughs> which was great. Um, yeah, th- there was that really cool spot where like Luchasaurus and I think it was Angelico had their Jungle Boy and Jack and uh, Jack Evans on the shoulders. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they, were, they were just slapping the shit out of each other on top of the other guy's shoulders. Then yeah. um was Isaiah Cassidy went to do like a doomsday device on Jungle Boy off the shoulders and he turned it into like a Spanish fly. Yeah. Which was um, just insanity. He was like, oh, we just did a Spanish fly off Luchasaurus. Yeah, we, we got a um we got a cheeky gin and juice for the boys as well. Gin and juice was that lovely. Which when that was like just kind of like an out of nowhere in the middle of the match moment, you know, like this match is fucking insane. Yeah. Um, then you got that little nice move where everyone was doing submissions on everyone else. You had like a little chain of submissions all the way up. Yeah. And then Luchasaurus came in and just wasn't impressed. He just knocked everyone over. Hell people. <laughs> um yeah, I, we I know we, we were talking about this match a lot before the show started. Um about how we felt like it should have been Utah finally picking up the win. Um obviously Jungle Boy won with a snare trap on Helico. But yeah. it was it was um Still, nonetheless, a very, very cool moment. Um, and I, I think it, it definitely feels like, especially given like promos that have been given after shows, which have then obviously been leaked onto the internet because it's 2021. It, it feels like um, Jungle Boys being primed for, well, Punk and Brian. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, always, he's always like in around the, the legends. Like he's currently with Christian. Like he has a spot at the end of this show, which we'll get into. Um, he's he was out with Punk at the end of Rampage. Yeah, and Dark, and, and like he's very much like 
he's the guy I think they're really positioning as being like, this is our future champion. Yeah. This guy's going to be our like marquee player in like four or five years' time when Kenny hangs up his boots or when Hangman decides he wants another break. Jungle Boy's the guy who's going to be like, yeah, they're just, just going to have him ready. I think they're just going to sort of keep him on the keep him on the yeah. on a, keep him on a burst on the back burner. The, the way the way I kind of see it, and this might sound like a bit of a weird sort of comparison, but I, I reckon you'll probably see what I mean is kind of like Triple H in the Attitude Era, where he was like a cornerstone of the company. He wasn't always at the top of the card. But he was he always was, He wasn't always the main guy. You were always really ever the main guy, to be honest. No, but, but he was the most reliable of. Of the lot, because he wasn't getting like severe injuries. Well, during the attitude there, he wasn't anyway. Yeah, uh, he was around all the time. He was there for like the sort of low-level feuds that would then prime someone to be in the title picture. And he, like, as I say, it, a franchise franchise player is probably the best way to describe it. And I feel like that's what they. And then once he'd done of, that in the attitude for a few years, then they pushed him to the to the top level, and he was the megastar then for yeah you know, for for half a decade, pretty much. Yeah, I feel like there's so much potential for Jungle Boy to kind of fill that role in AEW that it's cool that they're giving him these moments. And they, even, even like, as I say, throw away 10-man tag match. Yeah. Uh, just the selling point of the show, really. The, the last the last ditch effort to sell people on the ship watching the show. And, uh, like, even though we were saying, oh, yeah, Yuta should have got the pin because they've kind of done that, like, underarching story that Yuta never... Like gets the pin for the best friends. It makes more sense that Jungle Boy is the one picking up the win. And it was a, it, it was it was a really good match to, to get people in as well because like obviously a lot there's a lot of eyes on on this show because of CM Punk and his return. Yeah. And if you if you're just interested if you're not if you're not bored you think oh what's that thing CM Punk's doing I'll, I'll, I'll oh it's on YouTube I'll check it out oh shit there's my Hardy I remember him he's really cool yeah. and what's what's that Jungle Boy guy doing he's he's mental why is he doing all that mad shit like oh god this company I, I want to see more of this. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, as I say, it was, a, it was a fine way to open the show. Um, another guy we've barely spoke about who was, who was in this match was Orange Cassidy. Yeah, again, another guy who's like in that role where he's he's a really good like sort of hand. And he's, he's really good. He's just super over, like absolutely, yeah. over, like incredibly over. He's got this program with Mahardy. Well, we need to talk about the post match as well because we have our first, we do. possibly only surprise tonight. Definitely our first. <laughs> not only, not, definitely not only surprise. But we get one of the, one of the, one of the surprises. One of the real genuine surprises of the night um, was the return of Big Butch. Yeah, um, yeah. He'd been out and he tore his thumb. Yeah, which sounds horrible. Obviously, sounds he, put, like... he put some pictures on Twitter. Because he's a guitarist as well. It must have been a really horrible injury for him. Yeah, but he's been back on tour recently, hasn't he? Um, yeah, and it was it was good to see him. I love the Butch. He's, he's awesome. It's always good to see him. He came in and just did bad murder on Orange Cassidy. Um, yes, he did. <laughs> Give him a little bit of full death for the boys. Uh, yeah, so that was the pre-show. Uh, so then we went into the main show, and I don't know what match I was expecting to start the show. It wasn't this for me. It probably wasn't this, uh, but I can see why they did. I, I had a feeling it was going to be Mox and Kojima, but I'm really glad that this did because it was a really good opening match. Yeah, I mean, Mox is a really good open because if, if the first thing I pay for you is his music, the crowd could ballistic. Yeah. But at the same time, the first thing on the show was Eddie King's music and the crowd went ballistic. And everyone lost their shit, which was very <laughs> cool to see as I mean, well. This is, this is Chicago. This is an indie town. Like Eddie Kingston's a king of the indies. He's been he's worked this town hundreds of times. You know, he's, he's, he's big. 
He's a, you forget how Eddie Kingston's a not like twenty odd year veteran. He's been everywhere and he's done everything. And he's um, just phenomenal. As and well. he is beloved. Yeah, I I think this match might have had my favorite near fall on the entire show. It had my favorite T-shirt on the entire show. Well, I had the best T-shirt with the redeem these not. If you don't know, we're on, on Rampage. Eddie Kingston challenged um, Miro to redeem these nuts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, uh, considering this, what like there wasn't like a massive story around this. It was just pretty much Miro called him, called Eddie out, and Eddie hadn't like bothered to reply to him. And Miro was getting more annoyed. Yeah. So Miro got a promo a while back, and it was a standard sort of promo, like, you know, such and such. He was calling Fuego like a fraud and stuff. And then he just ended it with. Eddie Kingston, I'm looking for you. Yeah. And that was how this whole feud started. Um, they, they've like they've played into the whole thing as well, where Fuego nearly beat Miro by hitting a DDT and they're like, oh yeah, he yeah. doesn't protect his neck. That's like his weak like his Achilles heel. I mean, no, not big an Ed, a, a Wu Tang fan that Eddie is. I'm surprised he didn't <laughs> yeah. drop a protected neck reference, to be fair. Um there was a beautiful in the build up as well, there was a beautiful promo of Medi where he basically said about Miro to Miro, he said, take my hand, we'll walk through hell together. And if you survive, maybe you'll get to your God's heaven. Yeah. When he said, like, you must have pissed your God off because he sent me after you. Yeah, I'm your punishment. Your God sent me to punish you. So like, this was... For a match which had, like, about a two-and-a-half, three-week build, and in AW where they love kind of... Not drawing out a build, but they love, like, taking their time with they the love build. A, they, they love a long build, like a slow build, don't yeah. they? Yeah. And they, this was just, like... Short build didn't need anything more than it got, and it was a compelling. Like it was one of the matches I was most looking forward to. It's just like, Miro, Eddie, can you guys just go out there and absolutely fuck for about fifteen minutes? Yes, yes, we can. <laughs> yeah, um, but my like the uh, near fall in question that I was talking about was obviously um, Miro pulls like the um, temple post off or oh, the temple pad off. It was, sorry, it, it was Eddie. Right. Was it Eddie? Ed, Eddie was trying was to hold. Ed, no, Miro had him, and Eddie was trying to hold on, and he it came away in his hand. And yeah, as Bryce like is fixing, is fixing it. Eddie hits the back fist of the future in a DDT, and he had him down for three. Yeah, he had him pinned for three. Like and Bryce know, was too busy bannying around with the fucking. That got that got a huge boo as well. Like Bryce, yeah. that was that was instant heat for Bryce. You can't get Bryce heat. He's, he's too wholesome. Sure. Um, also, notably in this match, um, Kingston got out of the game over. He did. He was the first person. Uh, I think the Derby at one point get out of it. Yeah, the Jungle was, Boy. One uh, of them did. You could see. So you could see. Um, Eddie uh, Mira locks it in, and he's like, he's trying to do the thing where he drops backwards to like, which is like the, mm. the crocodile death roll, basically, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's just like as soon as he gets on his back, that's it, it's over. He's trying to drop backwards, and you see Eddie's like pulling himself forward, and, like using all of his strength to sort of stop. I suppose him. as well, other than Evil Uno, everyone that Miro's faced has been like a lot smaller than him. Whereas, yeah, Eddie's a similar sort of like not similar build because Miro's like a fucking brick shit house, but. Eddie's the first person who possibly weighs more than Mira, but he's fourth in this in this sort of run of title defenses. Mm. So he actually had a bit more, like he had, he had to overcome a bit more to sort of drop backwards. But yeah, Eddie, Eddie, I mean, he was he was wasn't very far. You know, he wasn't very long. He wasn't very far from the ropes. It was quite easy for him to get there in, in theory. And it, but it still, it was and Mira sold it like like Miro sold it like oh shit, <laughs> oh no. Um, 
yeah, this this match was tremendous. I mean, before, before we go to the finish, I mean, so we're not going to go too into it, but it was Kingston chops the shit out of Miro. Like, like oh, the, Miro's the, chest was purple. Yeah, like the top, like the top right bit of Miro's chest was turning purple and red and purple. It, it looked, looked like Walter had chopping. Yeah, it was it was horrendous. Um, there was one point where Eddie jumped off the apron and Miro just caught him and did like a snap power slam. Yeah, which was it, nuts. That, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of moments where they were just dropping each other on their heads. Yeah, that was a nice was, bit as well towards the start where um, Miro threw Eddie into the barricades and Eddie just no sold it, ran up, like, ran towards him, booted him in the face. Yeah, I I I really hope they rewind this back and we get it again because it was such a fun match. Yeah, I would love. I mean, well, the way they finished it, so it finished like a little bit dusty. Um, so as um. So Miro goes to sorry, Eddie goes to shove Miro into the exposed turnbuckle because he's gotten like a waist, a waist, a waist lock. And Bryce gets in the way and was like, no, 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 you're not, you're not doing that. It's cheating, basically. Um, and then as as he's like in between them in the corner, Miro gets low blows, you know, like a mule kick, and low blows Eddie. Then he hits him with a magic kick and then a big pump kick. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. Gets the pin. One, two, three. Yeah, really good finish. Um, and as I say. Uh, Obviously, a friend of the podcast, um, Joe from Dammit Vince, he had a theory that they're going to probably do this again at Arthur Ashe. Maybe have Eddie win, which I would love to see. Well, this becomes interesting because I said to you the other day, so the record for TNT title defences is eight. That's, that's tied Cody and Derby. This was Mira's seventh. So, so if, you're talking about, if, if you're talking about the natural life of a TNT champion, then Mira's getting towards the end if if, if the sticking if eight's the sort of magic number. Yeah. Um, so there's a chance he could do one in between, and then Eddie could be the ninth. Well, this felt like a big win for Mira. It felt like stepping up to that next level of challenger. Yeah, I, I feel I, I, the thing with Miro is I think. He should have a really long and monumental reign with this belt. Yeah. Because he's put the work in. That being said, if we're obviously kind of um we're, we're obviously kind of um of uh what's primed for hangman to be taking that belt off Ed, off Eddie, off Kenny soon. Miro would be a really good first challenger. Yeah. So, obviously, AW, they like long title reigns, don't they? With their main belts. Yeah. And they don't have a lot of belts. They have literally the, the men's championship, the women's championship, the tag belts, and the TNT. All of the belts, like all the, all the champions either have just been or are about to go a year with the belt or thereabouts. Mira, uh, wait, Miro's not. Oh, but, well, no, I mean, but, like the TNT, the t- they basically they don't hot shot them make their other belts. The TNT title is the one that they move around a bit more. Yeah, that's Mira, that's that's, that's, that, that's where they keep the excitement of like the, the potential changes. There, like all of the big belts, they always seem to be fairly. You, you almost you not necessarily see them coming, but like they always they, they play the part in like long term storytelling. Yeah, Whereas the TNT belt is a lot more like little episodic things, like little tiny feuds that they have, and they move on. Yeah, um, I think that's what I mean. I think it's quite. Would that if he does keep it on, like keep on to it for a bit longer, he should have the longest reign, I think. For a while. oh yeah, well, you got to talk to the to tattoo man about that. 
because he's just I think he's just ex- he just exceeded Cody's combined reigns to become the longest reigning. Yeah, as you know, he's about two or something like that. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, and if you like him stiff, we'll keep it going because Ooh. next up is John Moxley versus Satoshi right. Kojima. It was stiff. The breadman. The breadman. Did you see Kashida's tweet? No, no. About, he just put a tweet and it was just like little uh, emojis of different kinds of bread. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, this was everything you thought it was going to be. It was just two guys who can hit each other really hard, hit each other really hard. And a thing as well, like, uh, I know obviously they were teasing Tanahashi and they needed somebody who was kind of on that sort of level on, like, so with their New Japan guys, there's like the good, there's like the, the really light side, which is like Tanahashi and Kojima, and there's the dark side, which we'll get to. Um, and I, they needed somebody who was on that sort of lighter side because of Mox like teasing going into this show. Uh, if you if you open the forbidden door, you don't know what's going to come back out and get you. Yeah, is that was an actual quote he said, which fucking we should have known really. Well, that's it. Like Mox has been selling this like. Like he's the guardian, like he's the arbiter of the forbidden door. He's the boogeyman. <laughs> like he's 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 fucked up. Uh, um... He's fucked up. <laughs> and he uh, he called it out basically, didn't he? And you know, yeah, the forbidden door answers. You you've you've been saying John Moxley's going to come creeping out the forbidden door like the Babadook. You forgot about the real fucking Babadook, mate. <laughs> exactly. So, um... so th- anyway, before we get to that, this match was this match was really yeah. good fun. Um, Moxley, I think Moxley busted his elbow in hard way. Yeah, but to, to go back to my point about Kojima, I, I kind of got sidetracked there. Like, they need the guy who was, like, up there, like, Tanahashi, like a Tanahashi and Kojima. Like, I I didn't realise how decorated he was until, like, JR and Excalibur started listening off his accolades. And I, was, I knew he was decorated, like, but I didn't realise how much so. Like, the All Japan stuff, I didn't realise about, like, him, him winning their version of the G1 as well as the G1. Yeah, and him winning both belts at the same time and stuff like that, and him being a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, didn't know that. Um, but yeah, Kojima can go, and a guy his age going as hard as he fucking was was very nice. Yeah, yeah, and oh, there was a lot of a lot of really good stuff in this match. So they did obviously those spots where like they literally just stood there and smacked each other really hard and took turns. Uh, Moxie looked for a bulldog choke. He looked for a cross arm breaker as well. Like I said, he, he bled from the elbow. Uh, Kojima came back with a Koji cutter. Obviously, and there was a nice mo- moment where because Mox had been working on the elbow, and Kojima couldn't use it for the lariat because it was his arm was too damaged. So he, he he did hit a lariat, but he hit it with his, his off arm. Yeah, they did a really good job of kind of protecting Kojima and protecting like the lariat in particular as well. Which again, it it almost feels like. They're, they're doing it, stuff like that to kind of go when they, when they bring like guys like that back they can go oh yeah well he, he went like the limit with Moxley and stuff like that similar to very very similar to how Nagata went yeah yeah agreed uh, so uh, basically it, it ends with both guys down they sort of like both sort of stagger to their feet they exchange a few strikes and then Mox just literally just nuts him just headbutts him yeah and that's like sort of that like, sort of gives him the opening and then he hits like sort of a regular paradigm shift and then like a high angle one, like straight away after. And that's enough to get the win. Um, like you say, they they literally this is two matches in a row now where both guys just beating the absolute piss out of each other. Yeah. Which is which is great because you love to see it. And then speaking of beating the piss out of each other, 
You were you were you were gone on Lou, hadn't you? At this point, you've gone for a slash. I I literally like yeah, I, I missed this happening because I went to the toilet because I was just it was it was one of those things like Mox was just celebrating. I thought oh, they're not they're not surely not going to bring somebody else out. Foolish me because I was thinking about that, about it that day as well with, with Mox saying, "Oh, you never know what's going to wait on the be waiting on the other side of the forbidden door." Well, what and is we've what literally, is we've what? literally been talking all day on Discord about the Minoru Suzuki US Murder Tour, and he just added an extra date, and he just added at least one date. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god! So um, Minoru Suzuki appears at All Out. The crowd goes absolutely wild. Oh man, that like that they're that, singing that, along that, to his they're singing along to his music. They know the music as soon as it hits. Got to that. Well, actually, when when I rewatched it, they they actually fucked up the uh, entrance of it, because um, like they had the normally it's just like the the violins, but they had like the kind of wind going and then this the uh, Tron screen, yeah. So everyone had already seen the King Minoru Suzuki and lost the shift before like we got the. But oh man, what so, what a fucking. As, cool um, surprise. as Minoru Suzuki is making his way to the ring, Jim Ross says that he once had breakfast with him in Tokyo and was afraid to chew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a big holy shirt champ from the fans as well. Like they're going nuts, and then he sort of stands in the ring, face to face with Mox. They sort of um, they sort of exchange words, and then he elbows Mox. Mox elbows him, and then there's a beautiful like, like I don't know if it's intentional, but like because Mox is bleeding from the elbow, as Mox is elbowing Suzuki, Suzuki just got Mox's blood, it's like painted down his neck and like on his chest. Yeah, which looks amazing. Um, um, yeah, it looked it was like splattering across Suzuki's neck and chest, and Suzuki was just laughing at everything Moxie was hitting him with. Yeah, yeah. Suzuki hits him with a boot. Mox comes back with a clothesline. Suzuki goes down for like one knee. He jumps back up, locks in the rear naked choke on Mox, and then hits him with a gotch pile driver. Yeah. It, it's it's just a shame there wasn't any young lines for him to celebrate by a... Oofing out. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then it... Uh, Would have even got Fuego from Suzuki just to kill. <laughs> it, it also is wild to me that we live in a world where we might get Miro versus Minoru Suzuki. Oof. Which, we, which should have been the fucking match we got teased instead of Mox versus Suzuki because... We've had that, and it, it was amazing, and it's going to be hard hitting as fuck. And I, I assume Mox is probably going to try and top the match that he had with Suzuki. So we're getting Suzuki this match up. this Wednesday, so as as we record this, we're getting this tomorrow night. That's wild. It's just <laughs> it's... love to see it. Absolutely love so to see it. So that's your that's the first like big oh shit moment on the show so far. Um. And if this is just a show where, like, you, again, we said this before, like, you don't think something can give so much, do you? It's just like you're always thinking, like, what's the catch? Like, where's this gonna? Where's this gonna fuck up? Where's this gonna hurt me? Yeah, and it didn't. <laughs> no. So, next up, we go to the women's title match. So, it's Britt Baker, accompanied by Rebel and Jamie Hayter, versus Chris Statlander, accompanied by Orange Cassidy. Um. And I really enjoyed this, and I think it's it was really lovely to see because a, I think it was Brit's best match in AW. Yeah, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to disagree with you there. Um, I loved the match with Sheeda, but this was awesome. Sheeda was more of a story to tell. This was more of just an absolute yeah. good match, like technically well, this, sound match. 
the build-up to this as well, I wasn't that excited about the match. Like, I love Britt. I love Chris Statlander. Because obviously this is this is Brit's first like big defense on a pay per view, and it felt very much like oh, there's no chance of anything happening here. This is just a well, conclusion. Yeah, it was the fact that it was kind of coming off the heels of the Red Velvet um, feud as well that this like kind of come into play, and they hadn't really, as I say, they hadn't really done much to build up this like anticipation for this match. But the match was absolutely brilliant, like so good. Um, and and, and in terms of Statlander, it's great to see. Like the last time she had a big pay per view um, showcase match, she she had really bad flu, and the match was a bit rough because of it. She didn't quite get yeah. a chance to show what she could do. But who boy did she hear? Also, wasn't this meant to be the match we got at um, was it Double or Nothing, or was it All Out? So and Rick got injured, and Chris both they both got injured, didn't they? Yeah. So it, it's great that we finally got Double or Nothing uh, last year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some really, really fun stuff in this match. Um, the one thing I really liked <laughs> towards the end, apologies if you can hear that, uh, towards the end when um, Brick got curb stomped like off the off the apron. Well, sorry, when Statlander got curb stomped off the apron and she was on the on, on the ground outside, and then Orange Cassidy just went fucking ballistic. Yeah, tell was- them to get back in the ring. Yeah. Um- it was cool as well that um, the orange Uter and uh, Chuck all came out in like sort of grey jumpsuits with their uh, with goggles on, like they were um, the government bringing out an alien. Yeah, like the enjoyed that, like, like like Area Fifty One or something. Yeah, um, and yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, that that was a really cool character development because obviously, like. Chris is normally the one in that in that group who's like hyping up the other guys. So to see Orange then like reversing it into that, and then um, Chris like straight away, like it's almost like she no sold the uh, the stomp and then goes straight for a uh, spider crab bungee. Yeah, yeah, she's looking for that. I mean, I mean, Brit had a lot of this of Chris like, scouted quite well. Like she's she had area four fifty one scouted. Uh, she didn't even attempt a Big Bang Theory. Um, we had an interesting move from Brit. We had a uh, a little Panama sunrise. <laughs> Pittsburgh Sunrise, get it right, tasty. A Pittsburgh Sunrise. <laughs> yeah, um, and also a, another thing that, that they did to like, keep Chris looking strong as hell, which she didn't actually tap out to Lockjaw, she passed out. No, she, well, it was like referee stoppage, wasn't it? Um, yeah. For whatever reason, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, Britt locked in the Lockjaw eventually, and that was good for the win. Um, yeah, like I said, really, really fun match. Um, Britt just gets better and better every time she's in the rink, and Chris Statlander's an incredible talent. Yeah, um, definitely. Again, another match I'd love to see them like go, like revisit and go back to somewhere down the line. Um, I think the nice thing with Brit's title reign is that she's. It feels like she's going to hold it for a long, long time, and I think she should. Yeah. So it would be nice to see like some of the people that she's like toppled off come back stronger and then try and like. Toppler again, um, le- uh, then it leaves like the door open for people like Sheeta to get a rematch, Chris to get a rematch, and uh, Nyla to get a rematch, and that's before you take into consideration all the people who haven't had a match with it yet, yeah, for the title. All right, so next up, we had a little quick promo. Um, Alex Malvez interviewing Andrade and Chavo, 
basically just asked if he was the one responsible for packing up. Oh, Charvo was sus as fuck here. Yeah. <laughs> Charvo was like, nah, man, I, I don't even nah. have, I don't even have American Airlines games, is he? He's like, I don't even have American Airlines phone number. That's, I mean, that's who he is on American Airlines. I don't know. How yeah. I know. It was the fact as well, Chavo was like, just kind of like shuffling awkwardly and looking around like, <laughs> please don't ask me. Please don't ask me. <laughs> uh, so basically, the, um, Pac had real life travel issues. That's why the match got cancelled. Uh, they've moved it to Friday. It's Friday, yeah. the 10th. Um, but for Rampage, um, we're intensifies. Oh, boy. I, I think they're going to slow build it, you know. I think they're going to have it that um, Andrade's going to get tired of Chavo shit. Because Andrade was pissed off that he did, couldn't have the match. Yeah. So it's like a, you think Chavo's going to try and protect him a bit too much and Andrade's like, nah, mate, I just want to go and absolutely bang. Yeah, and then he's just going to like have Nate fucking show up and be like, we're intensifying. We'll just, we'll just, and then it's just like all the vignettes of them just wearing ridiculous trip. I just want. It, it, I, I, I want. I want Chavo. Can literally just be like a month of just like the evolution videos. <laughs> I just want. I just want a video with like Andrade and Rick Flair getting suits made of actual gold. Yeah. <laughs> but they can't even Andrade, move in. Andrade gets Rick a luchador mask, and then as soon as Rick, Rick puts it on, he blades. Um. <laughs> um. Right. Next up is the big one. Probably, oh. probably the match of the night. I say probably, I mean definitely. <laughs> so good. We're talking about the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros for the tag titles in a steel cage. First of all, oh my god, that entrance. Oh, so low key MVP for AW right now is Mikey Ruckus, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he's batting like a thousand he's, on like the on like the new themes. Yeah, he's literally like this generation Jim Johnson at this point with the new themes. Like every single one fucking slaps. Yeah. Um, Lucha Brothers new music slaps. Uh, Adam Coles, we'll get to that. That that fucking bang. Um, Jamie Haters is awesome. Jamie Haters, yeah. Wigan Peter music fucking bangs. <laughs> um, yeah, it, and it, it's just a diversity of it as well, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, you've got like you've got like literally like UK house music next to like. Radius mm. machine next to like rap. You can tell it's you can tell it's him because of his voice, but it's just the the range that he's got of all yeah. these like his musics and him performing the um Lucha Bros entrance music was really cool. He, he was tweeting about it, said said how cool it was for him. He said that he doubted himself before doing it. So it was cool to see that he actually got that moment. Well, he said he said he was really not sure whether he was like too old and like too out of shape to be on TV and he didn't think he could like do it prop do it justice and then, he, and then apparently like when he was doing the rehearsal like Jericho came to him and was like mate that was amazing and it was <laughs> yeah oh, uh, Pence would so Phoenix came out like new gear they had like these like big ornate entrance like masks on for their entrance like all this massive yeah, they had varsity jackets yeah it was oh Oh, it was incredible. If they, if they took, it was if they took a trophy off every team they beat to get to the Young Bucks. Yeah. They took the varsity jackets. They took, like, the, the big headdresses, like a, like a dinosaur's uh, spines. Oh, well, this match... Whew, I mean, I don't even know where to start with it. It was... Just go and watch it. It was... It bloody, was... It was bloody unbelievable. It was everything you'd expect from, like, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. If I said, if I said, if I said to you, Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, Ray Phoenix and Penta in a cage... For yeah. twenty-two minutes of wrestling, then you know exactly you know exactly what to uh, what to expect. I imagine. 
it built to the it built to the point as well where it was like there's absolutely no way the Lucha Brothers are, win, are winning this. Like they they got it to the, that point of like uncomfortableness where it was well, like they, they sort of ramped up the ante, didn't they? So like I know that like earlier on, like they they gave Phoenix the big suplex on the apron and that like sort of took him out for a farewell, and they constantly had them in like in like a, a disadvantaged situation. Um, yeah, they were choking Phoenix with a ch- with a chain as well early on. Yeah, uh, they choked him with a chain. Um, did they punch Penta with the chain, or did they like rip his mask and then start like breaking the chain over his face? Because they did something. He, he, he was pissing blood. He was pissing blood before they got the secret weapon involved. Yeah, um, they, were, they were ripping both of each other's masks like around the eyes. Um, yeah. They had uh, more bang for your buck on Phoenix. Penta had to break up. Like there was so much like. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the, one, the one sort of story, because like, they haven't really done a great deal to humanise the Lucha Brothers. They basically just present them as badasses, like as, as, part, as part of Death Triangle and sort of a, a going forward. Well, this it, is it, the first time the Lucha Bros have faced the Young Bucks as faces. Yeah. They've been heels every time they've yeah, well, the, they've had a, they had a few a couple of months ago they had a few like in con like a few variations of death triangle didn't they so it was like Pac and Penther and I think Pac and Phoenix yeah. went as well. But um but this is the first time they've really showed the Lucha brothers acting as brothers and like looking out for each other and like trying to help each other protect like the, the amount of times they're like desperation like dives from one of them onto the onto the pin to break it up. And there was that so um so probably through the match Brandon Cutler comes down with like a black bag. He throws it into the cage, and it's uh, a Jordan with thumbtacks stuck to the bottom of it. Yeah. So Matt puts that on, and he's going to kick um, Phoenix in the face with it. And then Penta goes like DIY style, jumps in yeah. front and like like offers himself as tribute, basically. And then they just kick both of them anyway. Yeah, and then they just kick um, them both anyway because obviously they, once, was... once once they kick Penta, who's getting kicked next? Obviously. Yeah. Um, there was that. There was that spot where. Um, where like Matt was sat on the top rope with the with his foot out with the uh, thumbtack shoe on, and he like drove Penta's face into it. His mask got stuck on it. Oh god, yeah. And then like that's when he was really really bleeding badly. Um, and uh, later in the match as well, Phoenix managed to get hold of the shoe, hit Nick and Matt with it to sort of like get back on the upper hand. Um, at this point, everyone except Matt Jackson's bleeding. Yeah. Um, there was. Really cool, like call back to their other matches where, uh, like Penta and Matt both like hit package power drivers on the other brother on like the apron, yeah, like um, literally looking at each other and like looking at each other. Matt was like taking the piss out of Penta doing the serum, yeah, though. Um, Phoenix late, late on in the match climbs up to the top of the cage, Nick well, Jackson follows b- them before that. Penta hits the fucking top rope Canadian destroyer, he goes, yeah, on Matt. And then they hit Fear Factor and Matt barely breaks it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Phoenix goes up to the top of the cage. Nick Jackson follows him. Um, before he can get on top, Phoenix hits like the running across the top. Like just kicks Nick off and then hits like a beautiful crossbody on everybody. Yeah. And straight after that, Lucha Brothers hit there. What what's that finisher called? It's like a modified fear factor, isn't it? It's like it's kind of like the fear factor, so it's the package power driver, but like instead of like doing the stomp, instead Phoenix of doing just, the stomp, Phoenix just like lifts the legs up. on his neck, doesn't he? As he does yeah. it, um, and then he dives on that. And Lucha Brothers, new jumps, new tag champs. I like how, like I said, when he made the pin, like, he hit the they hit the move on Nick, and then Phoenix just immediately jumps on Matt, so he can't do anything. Yeah, and like pin like pins him to the floor. Uh, as Penta makes the cover, and yeah, Jesus Christ, the fucking roof came off. That's when that, the, the easy. 
like the fucking roof came off that stadium when when they had counted the three. Um, it was really almost chance. Sarah Mier, though, on the Young Bucks entrance as well. Yeah, yeah, there, like, there was like out their entrance music. There was numerous like Sarah Mier though or Lucha chants during the uh, during the match. Yeah, and you know these are two guys. These are two guys who can like barely speak English, and they are so so over. Yeah, it just it shows like they have that like we say this all the time. Ray Phoenix is probably the best wrestler in the world. Well, both are. Yeah, like both could be in the argument for best wrestler in the world, and yeah, <laughs> they're in a tag team, just like murdering people together. And after the match, Pence is hugging his kids, like pissing blood everywhere. His kids look fucking uh, terrified. Like the second, like he got the belt, like the belt, the, the front plate, the belt was like red. Yeah, like Al Shabrahante put put a picture over the belt, and it's like stained with Pence's blood. Um, yeah, his kids, look, kid, his, his kids look really upset. His kids were crying, and his wife was crying. He was like bleeding all over them. He wouldn't leave the ring until they came to hug him. It's like, <laughs> it's like if that means we're getting the Lucha sisters with Pence's daughters, I'm here for it. But again, what really surprised me was this match only went just over 20 minutes. It didn't, not like nothing on this card went long. Everything it didn't just overstay its welcome, but at the same time, nothing did, nothing on this card hung around. Like a, everything ended when you, you just, just as you were starting, it, it didn't let you get tired of anything. Everything just moved along at a really good pace. Yeah, it was so good. Such a good match, though. I get legitimately when we, I mean, when we were watching this, it got to like three in the morning before I even realized what time it was. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, it was, um, it it was cool. It was cool as well that like this match felt like not not that it overstayed as well, but it felt longer than it was. So like when, but in a good way, like it, it felt like an epic match. But then it was still like short enough that you, you can just watch it leisurely and go, oh yeah, that, that's that's not going to be like me sitting here for an hour to watch this match. Yeah, I've just checked. No, not one single match on this card was it went longer than twenty two minutes. That was the longest match. No, there were still two matches that went twenty two minutes, which was that one and this and this next one. The next one. Oh, the battle royal. Battle royal, yeah. Which is it? Just it's it, it made the show feel so full of energy and so breezy and so zippy mm. I think that that was a good thing though like it didn't it didn't give you a moment to breathe but it gave you like enough time to kind of like take in what was happening yeah and like as, as good as all the matches were I think the thing that's kind of been going unsaid about how good the show was was the pacing of it all yeah it just it, it was like it was more than just a collection of moments the whole show itself was good yeah, people, like, say, people say people say like WrestleMania 17 is like the, the greatest of all time, and it is a very good show, but it's held up by its big moments. Yeah, because there is some, there is some shit on that card. <laughs> yeah, whereas this was like this. I don't, this this maybe show. didn't ever hit the same like massive highs, but like the average standard was altogether much higher. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what AEW has been. That's become sort of like the the sort of trademark of AEW. It's not like having it's not having these massive peaks and troughs. It's about having this like consistently great product. Yeah, across the board. Um, speaking of which, we'll go into the, the fifth match on the card with the women's casino battle royal. Um, we're not going to go through all the entrance uh, because we'll be here all day. But um, Sky Blue got a big pop uh, early on. She got eliminated really quick, and then she got booed. <laughs> and there was a boo off that. 
Abaddon got a big pop as well. Abaddon got a big pop. Everyone uh, lost it. She had for Abaddon and she looked awesome. Like, it was, it was she nice. She changed the look of a bit. She had like, yeah, she, she, I mean, I, I don't want to go all JR, but she looked in really good shape. She had like yeah, she had like the big like sort of mohawk with like shaved bits on her head. Uh, she looked terrifying as always. And more piercings, more piercings if, if that's even possible. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Emmy Sakura was great, even though she wasn't in for too long. There was um, a really cool spot early on where like Sakura, Sakura and she they just picked up where they left off from like the feud from like the Joshi tournament, which was awesome. Um, and like they were fighting and. <laughs> Abaddon kind of comes in between the two of them and she like snapped the neck and screamed and Emi Sakura just like fainted <laughs> and then like Abaddon like pins Sheeda in the corner and starts to bite her neck obviously, like, really Abaddon, cool obviously Abaddon and Sheeda had their like little thing didn't they where Sheeda was a little scared of her so it was nice yeah. uh, it, was, it was a lot of like little throwbacks and like a lot of uh, old feuds and like current feuds getting bought like it's, it's I think AW does really well in Battle Royals where they, they weave the individual storylines through really well and everyone has like something to do yeah so like Big Swole got into it with Diamante because they've been having a feud. Then there was like a, a bit of a, a sort of alliance between Diamante and Nyla Rose, which lasted for about 20 seconds, and then they started fighting each other. Um Nyla Rose was the was the elimination MVP. She chucked about five people out, I think. Yeah, th- there was the um a lot of like sort of callbacks as well to like the build up where obviously Ali and um Penelope had a partnership and Nyla and Jade and uh, Jamie Hayter and Rebel obviously but yeah. as well you saw like the heels who like had the parents that they'd already pre-established then going oh yeah I'll work with you because we'll get them out and then we'll just get each other out yeah there was a lot of smart like very on the fly sort of heel work where they were like sort of trying to dominate the faces um, yeah uh, and- Anna Jay, Anna Jay like, got into some trouble and then Ty Conte came in and like saved her and then the other thing just spent like a good 30 seconds just hugging and making sure the other one was alright which was which is beautiful There was a couple of like road warrior pops which is fitting because it's in Chicago um, Thunder Rosa got a huge pop Yeah, Riho got one of the biggest pops of the night which was awesome to see um, and so did Ty and then obviously uh, well, It was really clever because they, they put Anna in big danger just before Ty came out like yeah. she was like hanging on um, the edge, hanging on the outside, like hanging in the corner, and then Ty came out to make a big save, and it was red hot, and it was great. Yeah, and obviously uh, the the big, big, big pop was reserved for the Joker. Well, yeah. So the Joker starts counting down uh, at like sort of five seconds to go or fifteen seconds to go. The crowd start chanting Ruby Soho. Yeah, which must have been so cool. Uh, Ruby comes out and she looks so like she's, happy. she looks like she's about to burst to tears. It's like yeah. it's so she's so emotional. Like she just soaks it in for like a good five seconds on the ramp. And it really takes in and then and the and the like you say when she comes out, the, the roof comes up again. It's like it's the roar is enormous. And when she turned around, she had the destination AW. Yeah. Cool. Like, well, as soon as as soon as like the like you said, as soon as the, the baseline kicks in, and fuck one of the commentators knew the song. Like, <laughs> was able to make the quote. <laughs> at least, at least, Jr. Well, wasn't going to, was he? The, you know. And I, I will say before we before we get any further, I think this is the best commentary work Jr. doing in AW throughout the show. Oh, he was tremendous all show, all show. He was brilliant. Um, like we we know he's a bit of a meme, and sometimes he says the wrong thing. And okay, he called a Ruby uh, Riot like twice, but. When you want a big call to put on a video package later down the line, you want a big, you want a, you want a soundbite, you want something that makes the the moment seem huge. You need JR. Yeah, um, yeah. Is we'll get to it shortly, but his commentary work in particular on the Punk match and the Jericho match were phenomenal. 
Um, and uh, even like I think all the commentators did that bit to perfection though when they needed to. Like I thought Excalibur was brilliant in this match. Um, I thought Tony Schiavone was excellent in the uh, the tag team title and the women's title match. Yeah. Um, he, every commentator sort of had a match where they were like excelling and the others could kind of just go leave it to them. Yeah, so so we come down to a final three uh, and it's Thunder Rosa, Ruby Soho and Nyla. And um, Rosa takes out Nyla, which basically leaves her with her and Ruby. And yeah, they have a bit of a, they have a bit of a, they, they, they don't get too long, maybe like three or four minutes by themselves. Yeah, I think that this was good though because it was like, it was enough that we got like a cool like little back and forth between the two, but it wasn't enough that it didn't we give them much joy. It's like yeah, it wasn't enough that we could then go. Oh, we don't need to see that match because we've seen it here. Yeah, it was enough. It was it was it reminded me. I like I said when we were watching the preview, it reminded me of like that Royal Rumble where we got like a little five minutes of Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at the end. Yeah, and that's why like that's why I love that's why, that's why that's why AW do really well with the Battle Royals, and like that's what the Rumble does when it's at its best is it just gives yeah. that little like palate cleanse, like that little like sort of tease that Lamos Bush gives you that little thirty second interaction of, of these two and like it takes the menu of feuds. Yeah, and you think, oh, I'd really want to see that, like, and and then it's gone, and then you have got to wait yeah. for it, and it's it, but if if you have it, yeah, it, it puts the idea in your head. I'm so hyped for when we do get Ruby Soho versus on the road, so that's going to be fucking awesome. I mean, well, I'm so hyped for when we get Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker because Ruby Soho hits a Gary on the outside and sends Thunder to the floor. And yeah. Ruby Soho wins the Casino Barrel. Uh, lovely moment at the end as well when <laughs> Bryce comes in to lift the hand up and she just looks up and goes, Hi, Bryce. He gives him a big, massive hug. Because um, Ruby, obviously, if don't, people don't know Ruby, um, before she signed with WWE, her last sort of independent bookings with Chikara. Uh, she wrestled Kimberly for, for the Chikara Grand Championship quite a bit. Um, so she's very good. Wrestled Eddie Kingston as well. She has wrestled Eddie Kingston. Um, yeah, so she knows a lot of the. I love. I love how like I love how Shakara AEW is fast becoming. Yeah, it's like it's like they took all like the the non scumbag bits of Shakara and just like saved them, which it's, it's, which really 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 makes me happy. It, it's literally like they took like from about ten years ago Shakara PWG and Ring of Honor, and just yeah. put them all together. As like one super company, which everyone was kind of wanting to happen back then, and we kind of got it with NXT. But yeah, yeah it's very cool. Very it's, cool. Yeah, it's a re- really fun battle royal. Um, I love a battle royal. They're, they're really always exciting. They're always fun, aren't they? Um, AW re- booked them really well as well. well. I like the format. I saw people criticizing the format of you know having them all coming up in like in big like wave, big waves, but I quite like it because it fills the ring up really quickly. Yeah. And there's sometimes in battle royals you can get to a bit where like the ring gets a bit empty and then it feels a bit like there's not quite enough going on and you, it feels like everyone's sort of waiting for more people to come in so they can like start doing the spots again. Whereas here you just go right here's just five people in they go and then we're gonna yeah. and then throw get throw a few people out and then in three minutes time we'll do another five people and then you know yeah no it, it is a very very cool uh, format I, I do enjoy it a lot. Right, so let's get on to Uran's folly. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Jericho of MGF. Uh, first of all, this is why I, I missed this because I was I was off the toilet at this point. But um, MGF, MGF comes out with the Jericho countdown. Oh, so good because everyone thought, "Oh my god, it's it's Y two J." Jericho's going old school. Yeah, um, and because it, it just said countdown as well, it didn't say anything else. Yeah, because obviously, and then. Um, it spun round, um, 
like the Jericho reveal. Um, obviously, I don't know if it was in the same building, but it was in Chicago when he debuted. Um, so it was a nice little callback to that. Spun round, but instead of saying Jericho, it said Jericho's last match. Yeah, which was oof. Oof, which beautiful. Yeah. Um, one thing I did pick up as well was that is the pinnacle just done? Because they kind of didn't really like they didn't have any kind of reference to the pinnacle in MJF's entrance at all. He didn't reference it. Well, he never has. He never has. Like Jericho doesn't have the inner circle on his. Oh, but he had the inner circle come out and like celebrate with him after. Yeah, but man, Jeff didn't win, did he? So. Yeah, I, I just think I think I think this feud's gotten bigger than those two groups. It's become a per. It's become a. I was with them um, with FTR's injury problems as well. Well, FTR have been because obviously um, Wardlow came out and like Jericho beat Sean Spears to get here, didn't he? So yeah, I think uh, I think I think it's just on the back burner. I think like they, they don't. One thing AEW are good at doing is they don't feel the need to constantly have. Like they can be in groups, like people can be in, in factions, but they don't have to be with them all the time. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, this match was, again, I, I feel like a broken record, but it was really, really good fun. It was like, oh, it was like proper sports entertainment. It was it was a Chris Jericho, ask Chris Jericho match. Yeah, they were brawling through the crowd. It reminded me a little bit of um, Jericho versus uh, Kenny in yeah. New Japan with like the brawling in the crowd and Maybe not quite as mad because you know. No, a, not as mad. A, there's, but... there's a few more years on the, uh, on, the on the mile on at this point. But there was there was definitely um, some pretty like wild spots. Like that heat seeker on the apron was fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, and MJF using all of Jericho's like offense. Like at one point he hit a code breaker. Um, did he get a line salt to the outside at one point as well? He did a line salt to the outside. Uh, he did a. Um, a Judas effect later on in the match as well. Yeah, well, speaking of the um, line salt, Jericho ducked under it when he came off for the moon salt, and then just speaking of using other people's offense, Jericho went with an apron problem. Yeah, shout out to his former best friend Kevin Owens. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there was a um, cool bit as well where like Jericho hits a code breaker on MJF, and then Wardlow comes out. And uh, Hager then comes out. It was very, it was very not overbooked, but it was very, as you say, sports entertaining. Well, the the, uh, the, the outside interference didn't actually impact the match any in any way, which is good. So as Wardlow came out, like at least Hager was the, like the intercept, wasn't he? And they just it did play a part in the finish. Yeah, well, the, uh, one thing I quite liked was um, so MGF was selling like a lower back problem because um, Jericho was targeting it, and there was a bit towards the end where MGF tried to lift Jericho up and he couldn't. Yeah. And then he sort of like dropped to his knees and sort of like pounded the mat because he like he was frustrated. And yeah, it, I mean it was it was yeah. So we'll get to the finish because like the, like I said, the, well during like all the mayhem, MJF hits Jericho with Floyd the Bat, and uh, then hits a Judas effect. Jericho, right, sorry, when uh, when MJF hit Jericho with the bat, uh, Jr. shouted, "Has Floyd turned on Jericho?" Yeah, um, and it, there was a really cool. So Jericho, he, he hits the Judas effect on Jericho and he gets a three count, but Jericho has his foot on the rope too. And as I mean, Aubrey, did he? I mean, it was very, very close. Very close. Whether he actually got his foot on in turn. But as Aubrey's kind of wheeled away um, to like ring the bell, Paul Turner, who's like trying to break up Wardlow and Hager, then calls over and went, no, nah, Jericho got his foot on the rope and she restarts the match. 
Um, if, if M- MGF a, is furious at this point, by the way. Yeah, MGF's music's playing, he's celebrating. Um, Excalibur's like swearing on commentary, saying this is bullshit that this has gone this way. Excalibur, Excalibur did a swear. That's how serious it was. Yeah, because Excalibur apologized for Tony doing a swear during the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros. Um, and JR's like literally doing the whole like talk, he's talking about it as if like it was Vince McMahon in the Attitude Era. Like, he's like, oh, that son of a bitch, that reprehensible piece of crap. And all that. JR doing some of his best work he's done in years in this match. And then eventually Aubrey restarts the match. Um, and very, very, very quick sort of um, resolution. Uh, MJF goes for Salt of the Earth. Jericho fights out, uh, applies a lion tamer, and MJF taps out. Yeah, I can probably, he, 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 put, he only puts it on for a couple of seconds, but he goes the proper like knee in the back lion tamer. Yeah, he gets it. It was cool because he gets him in like the walls of Jericho, pulls him into, pulls him into the middle of the ring, and then like converts it into a lion tamer. Yeah, that was nice. Um, and yeah, um, MJF taps uh, clean in the middle of the ring, and then the inner circle run down and um, celebrate, celebrate, and we can actually single on property to Judas because the guy from Fuzzy doesn't ruin it like he does at the start. Well, let's not talk about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, made me laugh that um, only Hager and Ortiz knew the words. <laughs> Santana and Sammy were just nodding their heads. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a meme now that Sammy can't sing Judas because he tried to a while, didn't he? And it was awful. Remember? And he just didn't know the words. Jericho was looking at him like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, real, real good stuff. Um, Jericho is still in the game. He's not retiring anytime soon. Yeah, I do. I do think though. Let's kind of not cool down Jericho, but let's just you know use him sparingly. He's literally going on tour like next week, mate. Don't worry about it. It's true. We're going to go see him. Yeah, he's coming to Liverpool. Chris Judas and the rest of Fuzzy. Yeah, should if he was if he wasn't a coward, he should get uh, get supported by Mikey Ruckus or support Mikey Ruckus. Uh, Right. So moving on to. The next match, the probably probably the one of the almost certainly the biggest uh, match on the card in terms this of this was this was like the kind of the money match, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so this is Derby versus CM Punk. CM Punk's first match in seven years. Yeah, Derby's face paint was awesome. I mean, there's so much, yeah, so much good visual stuff in this match. Like Derby has his whole body painted, like that tree he had on like the side of his face that comes all the yeah. way down his chest and like the roots and everything and it looks it looks super cool uh, he's got a he's got a skateboard which has got like half and half of like him and CM Punk on it yeah. which looks incredible he sort of skateboards down to the ring um, Sting sort of give, comes out give him the fist bump and then off he goes um, Punk's new gear when you talk about Punk's new gear he's Whoa. got he's got Whoa. like he's got like long trunks with like the Chicago stars down uh, yeah I'm into yeah. it I'm into I'm it, into it. I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought I wouldn't I thought I wouldn't be able to get used to it, but I liked it. So I, just... I like as well. Like it's been seven years. Like he's he he's not entirely reinvented himself. He's just kind of tweaked parts of it. Yeah, but he's not he's not the same punk that left. That's the thing he's trying to get across. He's he's different. Yeah. Yeah, he's seven um, years, seven years different, man. Did, did you see uh, the thing that Punk said about this match in the press conference? I think it was the press conference, it might have been on a podcast. Where it was a, um, it was like an ode to Bret Hart versus uh, One Two Three Kid. All oh, right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he based a lot of the structure of this match 
on that kind of story. Oh, nice. Because he loves that match. Um, yeah, so this the whole the match started, like Derby sort of sitting in the corner, sort of like looking all broody. And then Punk's like pacing around, like almost nervously, like sort of like impatiently. And then eventually Punk just sits down opposite Derby and looks at him. <laughs> and like yeah. the, the pop, the pop for two of those guys just sitting down in the ring is insane. The, the match itself wasn't it, it like it certainly wasn't either man's ba- best match, but just the moments. It didn't have to be, it just had to be. No, CM no. Punk and Derby doing a good just, match. Yeah, just the moments and just the excitement of it all. Everything, everything just felt bigger. Like even the finish, yeah. was like the finish was one go to sleep. But it doesn't oh. matter because it was the first time Punk had pinned someone. You, you, say, you say one go to sleep, but he fucking made them with that go to sleep. Yeah, he, he'd go to sleep. He'd go to sleep them into the fucking nether realm. Um, uh, there was a nice bit early on where Punk just like hard whipped Darby into the corner and he like bounced into the ring post and flew outside, which yeah. was looked horrible. Um, yeah, Darby. I mean, fair play to Darby. He bumped his face off in this match. Yeah, it as it was a very um, not slow pace, but it was a, a lot more sort of like methodical from both guys in this match. It was cool. Yeah, um, like normally a Derby Allen match, you're expecting them to go full throttle, even to a degree Punk. But I think it, they did well in sort of not hiding Punk's ring rust. I don't think he had much. I think he looked awesome considering it was his first match in seven years. Yeah, but they they did well in sort of in sort of playing it safe enough that next time these two wrestle, it's going to be fucking wild. Yeah, uh, at one point, Darby hit a code red, which uh, was a nice little throwback to Punk on commentary, saying he wanted to try and avoid that. J- JR even said, didn't he? Uh, he said he wanted to avoid that. Yeah. Um, then we had a, a call back to Money in the Bank when Punk nails Darby with a GTS, but Darby rolls out the ring. Yeah. No. One, um, thankfully, no one comes out to, uh, to ring the bell this time. And one thing about yeah. this match, they just let it breathe. There was no 2.0, there was no Daniel Garcia, there was no Sting, there was nothing. It was just two guys having a match. It, well, it, it was important enough that it didn't need it, and it needed to be just these two guys. Yeah, but they just, yeah. Let, it, they just let it happen. They just let it breathe. They just gave it the space it needed. Yeah, th- there, was a, a, there was a really cool spot where um, Punk was kind of like out the, out, on the outside. I think, did he roll up out the ring to avoid something? Or, and Darby just like flattened with a dive. Yeah, yeah, Darby did an absolute murder on him. Darby um, hit with a huge suicide dive. Um, Darby does the coffin drop and Punk does like an Undertaker sit up to get out of it. Yeah, that was cool. And then as he's like sort of like looking around, like grinning at everyone, um, almost shades of grey. Yeah, like there was, there was a few moments where he was it, again though it was it was very much like the sort of the seasoned veteran verse like. Both, like, obviously, both both these that. guys, both these guys are faces, but they both, like you said, they both sort of toyed with like the idea of crossing over a little bit in this match. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, Darby, when... Darby was like the de facto heel because he's not CM Punk in Chicago. He's but, still so over. Yeah, but he's like, still over. But like, but as I said, yeah. both these guys are like beloved, but like they both sort of had a bit of push and pull towards the bad side. You know what I mean? They both sort of did a few. Yeah. They both just want to win. They both they both just wanted to take advantage whenever they could, um, which was fine. Uh, there was a nice bit where Punk got Darby up for a GTS and Darby just elbowed him in the throat <laughs> like, like super yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, when, when Punk sat up uh, from the coffin dropper tent and he was look, looking around like dead Cockley and then Darby just shoots up and like last suffers him. Yeah. And I thought it was over there because that's, again, that's a move that's been protected like crazy. Um, Punk does kick out of the last supper. Um, 
Dobby goes for a poison rana and Punk reverses it into a GTS, which fuck me. That was one of the best GTSs I've ever seen Punk do. Yeah, he just kicked Dobby's so face, cool. clean off his face. It, it was the fact that Darby like had, lit, had literally popped up for the Poison Rama, Rana, and then Punk. It was almost like a, a um, one winged angel GTS. The way he kind of pulled him down and then knee them. He, he had him real high, didn't he? Like he, he did. Um, <laughs> he came, yeah, came, came, came a long way before he hit that knee. Yeah, great, great, yeah, fantastic, really, really fun match. Um, yeah, Punk did it. Did everything he needed to do, didn't it? it had all the, all the bits you wanted. Um, like you said, it was very, very sort of methodically paced. But mm. in a way that it sort of had to be because all of these things were things we were seeing for the first time in seven years. They had to breathe, and you had to be able to like you had to be able to take them all in. Yeah, it's it, it told the story as well of like as as I say, it was it was heavily inspired by Bret Hart first one two three kid, where it was like the sort of the the vet, the veteran performer and the young upstart, and it. It being slow, like slow paced. I know it was a, it was a little bit divisive. I know Aaron wasn't a fan of this match that much at all until like the last five minutes. Yeah, but it it was clever in the sense that it allowed Punk time to time to like sort of get like get his footing in the match, but also it um it, it kind of like dictated the, to the story of well, he's the veteran, of course he's going to control the match. Yeah. You can't have a guy come out and call himself the best in the world and then be controlled by someone who he's like literally saying, I'm gonna like put you under my learning tree. Yeah. Uh so Punk also said apparently after this match, um Sting spoke to him and Sting said that it reminded him of Sting v. Flair Night of Champions. Nice. Which is yeah, so after the match, Sting comes out, checks on Darby. Darby's just on the floor like dead. He offers Punk a handshake. <laughs> Punk shakes shakes hands to Sting, and then they both sort of like pick Darby up, and yeah, yeah everyone. Punk's, um, Punk's already said he wants to tag with Sting, which is wild. Yeah, we're, we're in a world where that's probably going to happen. <laughs> I'm probably, I I think we're probably getting Punk versus Sting at full gear. Oh, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? I, I think that's probably where we're going. Maybe if not full gear, maybe like Revolution or uh, Double or Nothing. But I think we're definitely going for Punk Sting sooner or later. Yeah, um, so so um, Sting helps Darby out the ring. Punk lifts him up. And they, the crowd sort of give Punk the, you know, and then Punk Punk music cuts back in. Punk jumps up and shouts, "I'm fucking back!" Holds up seven fingers, and yeah, just salute to the crowd. It's great. Yeah, Dar- Darby came out of this a bigger deal than he was going in. Like they yeah. they really they really got across the point that Darby took CM Punk to the limit. If you're if you if you've never seen AW before and this is and you're tuning in to see CM Punk and it's the first pay per view you've ever bought for AW, you want to know more. Like who the fuck's this Darby guy? Like, yeah, they really made him appear like a new like he hung with CM Punk for for seventeen minutes. You know, yeah, and even in the build up where Punk was like saying, if I was a fifteen year old kid, Darby Allen would be my favorite wrestler. Yeah, it's just it's it's cool like. I, I think that's one thing where AEW get the whole using, like, bringing back stars of, like, previous generations, right? Well, even here, like, so they didn't do anything radical. Like, Punk won. Like, the old guy won. But he won in a way that it elevated the other guy. Yeah. Like, you, you don't need to have the old guy just, like, completely, like, squash and derail the momentum of the young guy. If you have the young guy hold their own, and 
And that, like that, 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 does, that doesn't diminish Punk in any way. Like Punk still looks no. great, but like it also makes Derby look great. And there's no reason yeah. you can't do that. The the fact that the fact that all they did was make Derby feel like he belonged. Yeah. And that's all they need need to do. You don't need to. By the time we get to the end of the year, there's going to be a real shout for Derby to be one of the wrestlers of the year, isn't it? I think there should already be. Yeah, I mean, he's had, he's had a hell of a time. I did tremendous year. If you think about those three back-to-back Dynamites he did, where he headlined against three three completely different matches. And he, he elevated guys doing that as well. Yeah. Like guys like Ten, guys like Miro, guys like... Um, Wait, Matt Hardy. Silver. John Silver. Ricky Starks. Matt Hardy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it's it's so exciting. Like the sky, the sky's the limit with with, with Derby and like all the and and he's not even like he's, 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 he's just one of ten guys in that who yeah. can who could reach this level and it's insane. Yeah. Uh, right. Ne- next up, we'll have a little toilet break. Paul Wright versus QT Marshall. Um, basically, this didn't this didn't overstay as well. No, it, it didn't offend me. Uh, people people were down on this match. Like, look, you've got. You've got CM Punk versus Darby Allen, and then you've got a world title match, and you need to put something in between them. Yeah, we we got we got the um, we got the nice moment of seeing Paul White being happy to have a wrestling match when he said he wanted to just wrestle every now and again. Yeah, you got to do a big. You got to get. You got to, come out wanted to phase him out of them. You got to come out in front of a big crowd, and they were like, everyone was happy to see the Paul White because he's a cool guy. JR called the show, but it's fine. His entrance music slaps. Uh, he got to well beat done, the, Mikey Brokers again. He got to beat the piss out of the factory, and yeah. then he choke slammed Cutie uh, Marshall's soul out of his body. Yeah, and again, he made Nick Nick Camarato look cool by the fact that he no sold a fucking WMD. Yeah, and <laughs> you know it was all over in the time. Elevated the guy just by that little moment. It was all over in the time it takes to make a cup of tea. So it didn't it, again. It, it didn't. It, it was. Didn't... It was there to kind of. It was there, not even to bring the crowd down. It was just kind of to like get them more hyped for yeah. Kenny and Chris. It, it was just a little spacer, just like right. You've got CM yeah. Punk. You've just had CM Punk. Right. Have a little. Have a little ten minute breather because there's Paul White, and you just enjoy it. It's just a bit of fun, a bit of nostalgia. And then again, if you're if you just watch the CM Punk match, and you're and you're a Laps fan, you go, oh shit, it's a big job. Yeah. Oh, I'll stick around. Oh, 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 he just killed yeah. the guy. That's fun. And then, um, and then after yeah. that, oh shit, it's Christian. Okay, fair enough. And then Big he got the... just beat up a used car salesman. Yeah. Why is, he just, why is he just murdered that bank manager? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. There we go. Jobs are good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then, moving on to the main event. It, but those as well that we've kind of like glossed over. We did get some cool little promos as well. That we've got yeah, it was a nice Malachi Black um, promo about where he's basically saying that he doesn't want Dustin to be calm. He wants him to get angry because it makes him predictable. Um, wants black rain. He wants he wants black rain. Um, he's kick so hard, he's probably going to get that. I loved rain. it when he said like, "I want you to think about all the reasons why you're mad. I want you to think about what I did to Arn, what I did to Brock, to Lee Johnson, to your baby brother Cody." He's absolutely come back with black hair, isn't he? <laughs> We're absolutely getting lazy town, Cody. Uh, another one with Mock, another little Mox promo as well. Um, he, oh, said, he said, when Mock him and made me more excited for that Minoru Suzuki match than I thought said, I could have been. He said, when him and Suzuki are in the ring, it's the best drug in the world, quote, and I should know, I've tried them all. And then he told he literally, us, he literally caught the exact same promo on Nick Gage the night before. Yeah. 
And then uh, he told Suzuki, welcome to the jungle. That was good. Um, so, yeah, a lot of stuff they're building. So that's, that's all happening this Wednesday. Um, it was Suzuki versus Miro, Kanye Khaled. <laughs> all we want. Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston. So, yeah, then we've got, yeah, we got the Kenny Omega versus Christian. And Kenny Omega's got a slightly remixed entrance music. Has. Which was very nice. Enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I mean, this was this was just a real fun match again. I mean, it's, it's, this, I've, I've literally said, I've, I've said that on every match tonight that it was really fun, but fuck me, they all were. So what are you going to do? Oh. The match on Rampage was fine. It wasn't a bad match. It was a TV match. It was a TV match. This felt like a much bigger deal and a fair play to AEW. Like I, I was a little bit. Why are they doing this match two weeks before the pay per view? Like that's a bit. Considering of a how nonplussed I was when they announced that Christian was going to be the contender and was going to have yeah. this match here, for them to for them to build it the way they did, and to then deliver this match off the back of like. Where they started is incredible. The fact that forty-seven-year-old Christian took some of these fucking bumps as well. Fair play. <laughs> yeah. Fair play. Um, a guy, a guy who was medically disqualified for like six, six seven years. Seven years, yeah. Seven years is the magic number, mate. If you've been out of the rain for seven years, come to end Yeah, man. And he's he's taking fucking that that table bump. He's taking fucking one winged angel at the top rope. He's just just taking nasty ass moves. Like the, the amount of horrible fucking beat triggers he took to his head. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, he got, he got like foot stomped. Kenny put a table on top of him and then foot stomped the table into him. Yeah, he did the New Japan uh, table bump that he loved, he loved to do. Um, there was, what was it? One of them like landed on, it was Christian, wasn't it? Landed on the table and like. Oh, the spear. So yeah, later like, on, later like on, Christian, the table. Christian Spear Kenny threw it to, like onto a table, and like as as the table broke, the the leg just went straight to Christian's rib, and like just cut the gash down his like right hand side. Yeah, it horrible. Uh, yeah, um, lots of nasty V triggers, as I say. Snapdragons on a guy with like a bad neck. <laughs> yeah, just just Kenny being a horrible piece of shit. Um, and there was there was a definite um, change in Kenny's demeanor in this match, like. He was, was a bit more like the cleaner, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. He was nasty, but he had, he had like the he had the cleaner hair, didn't he? And you know, it was like he, he dyed his hair. hair. He, yeah, he, yeah. As I say, he was more vicious. Um, he's go. I, I think the trajectory's got to be full gear, hasn't it? That he loses that title. I mean, it, it all seems to be slowly unraveling, doesn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Christian hit a lot, quite a few spears. Went for a top row frog splash. Kenny got the knees up. Uh, Kenny hits the ripcord V trigger, goes to the tiger driver, but Christian jumps out. He's looking, be looking for the clover leaf for most of the night. Yeah. Um, eventually gets it. Um, Gallows and Anderson come out of the ring. They sort of start fucking around. Then Gallows is holding Christian. Kenny goes to V trigger him, but he moves and V triggers the danglies off Gallows' face. Sends him <laughs> flying. I fucking can't be Gallows. And then the match sort of ends when so Christian's got Kenny up on the top rope. Uh, Callus is sort of getting He's going for a kill switch, isn't he? He's going for a kill switch. Callus gets in and sort of like steps to him and then Christian like okay then, you know, square go pal. And then Callus Callus realises he don't want none of that so he runs off. Then by the time he gets back in Kenny's recovered he gouges his eyes on the top rope. Then he hits a avalanche one winged angel. Yeah. Which looked amazing. Yeah, it looked incredible. Uh, it, that's it. It's interesting that Christian 
Um, he, he had to use Kenny had to use an avalanche warming danger to put Christian away. Yeah, they made Christian that, that and, and it was really nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Kenny gets the win at 21 minutes. The match goes again, doesn't stick around. Um, so yeah, Kenny retains, and that's the end of the show. So, uh, highs and lows, Jay? Uh, yeah, nothing else happened, did it? Um. <laughs> okay, so post match, um, Kenny and the elite come out and they're giving Chris, they celebrate with Kenny, they give Christian a beat down, even though he's already unconscious, pretty much. Um, Jurassic Express come out and try and make the save. They, they get, get beat down. They get beat down. Marcus Dunn gets a fucking magic killer on the outside, which looks horrible. <laughs> but almost off camera. Yeah, you literally <laughs> can see his legs like twisting on like the bottom corner yeah. of the screen. That fucking bastard, Gallant. <laughs> What a horrible um, human being he is. <laughs> and then uh, Kenny is cutting a promo. Interesting choice of words. He basically says he's on another level. Doesn't matter if you're the best in the world this, best in the world that. The only people who can take this belt off him are either retired or they're already dead. Well, no, no, he didn't say that. He said they're either not here, yeah. retired, or already dead. Not Light- here, obviously, hangman. Lights go out. It wasn't the right music. But it was still good. I did enjoy it. It's all about the boom. You know, it's all about the boom. Oh, Jesus Christ. Adam Cole makes his debut. So yeah. we'll talk about this now because now it's probably the right time to talk about it. This for me was the biggest surprise. No, maybe not so much the biggest because we got me that. and me and you were kind of back and forth about this all night, weren't we? Like I was adamant it was happening. And then you were like, nah, they're not gonna they're not gonna have Adam Cole, not tonight. Um but and this was the one that felt like a surprise because Obviously, the Brian thing, we, we knew it was happening at some point. It was heavily rumoured to be tonight. Well, it got, it got leaked that it was going to be all out, Brian. Um, Adam Cole, Fightful Select, put something up saying that people were would not confirm or deny whether he was in the building. Basically, basically the, the, the sources at AW gone radio silent, haven't they? Because they got, they got, yeah. they, they got, no, they got no comment, basically. Yeah, which is was like kind of a smoking gun for us where we're like, all right, yeah. If, the, if he's not debuting tonight, he's debuting this week, was my thought behind well, the, it. The way, the way they did this was just utter perfection. The bait, the bait and switch was fantastic. It was so good. Adam Cole so, so, out. So as, as like everyone's getting beaten down, like the crowd are like doing the yes chant, everyone's ready for Brian. Then, then they just gave you a surprise, Adam Cole, like out of nowhere. Everyone lost their damn minds. Yeah. He, he got a big out. Adam Cole baby. Oh, looks, that was a looks, deafening looks, Adam Cole. Um, Kenny in the books in the eyes and says, you know what you did to me. And then he super kicks Jungle Boy and he joins the Elite. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, oh my God, what are we doing here, boys? Um, What's happening? And then like Kenny gets the mic and he's like, what, what, what do you think was going to happen? He's one of my best friends. Yeah. Like, did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> and then as Kenny's like going, oh, no, I love the, the, the show's ending on a happy ending. Um, goodbye and good night, and then Flight of the Valkyries kicks in. And Brian fucking Danielson comes and out for like not even the last time tonight, but once again, the roof comes off the stadium like the pop. These guys have been sitting, yeah. this, this is four hours into a show with a five hours of the pre show, and this crowd has still got enough gas in the tank to take the roof off two more times. Yeah, and we, we had. Surprise Daniel Bryan, surprise Adam Cole, surprise Minoru fucking Suzuki, surprise Butcher, he got a yeah. pop, surprise Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho. Um, um, so Dan- Brian Danielson comes out and like he, he sort of like rallies 
Jurassic Express and they sort of turn the tables on the elite. Kenny just fucks out. He, he, got, he got time for this shit. He gets yeah. out of there. So Adam Cole. So does Adam Cole. Gallows gets, again, he gets a fucking tail whip off Luchasaurus, takes a few more danglings off, sends him. And then Nick Jackson's like the sacrificial lamb. He ends up on the wrong side of town. He gets left in the ring. Oh, man, he got an E plus, like, into well, the fuck. First of all, he gets a yes kicked for like 20 seconds. Yeah. He needed then, so hard that bleach got fucking shot out of his mustache. He, 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 need, he literally need the bleach out of his mustache. He is on that. Yeah, it was incredible, and that, that was the, the last huge pop of the night. Was reserved for Brian Danielson hitting the running knee on Nick Jackson. Yeah, he caught. Have you seen the promo he caught afterwards? Yes, I have. For like seven minutes, and he's just got the crab in the palm of his hand. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not like, a friend of guy, Brian, is he? Such a good talker. He, <laughs> he could get me hyped about just like fucking going to work. Yeah. He could literally, if I if I have a day where I'm like struggling and getting up for work, just need him to like call me and go, Jay, you need to go to work. <laughs> you need to go to work and you need to do your job. I'd be fucking so hyped. Um, he's, he's awesome. I'm so happy to see him. But he basically the promo for anyone who didn't know, he said he's here to wrestle because doesn't matter where he's gone, and he's like, I, I love the place I was before, and he gets booed for it. He said, he he you might boo this, and I think people do. Yeah, and he said, I loved where I was before, but it doesn't matter where I am, I'm a wrestler, and I bring wrestling to the, to the table. Um, yeah, and, he, he said, he, he sort of like, he gives like the, the sort of difference, he, he acknowledges how different the situation is from punks. So he said like, I didn't leave professional wrestling, I brought wrestling wherever I went. Yeah. Which is a really nice sort of touch. Yeah, um, it was refreshing to see someone not just like completely shit over WWE. Like he even like in his like sort of the press conference, he was saying, "Oh yeah, like I I've, I love Vince McMahon. Me and him have got a great relationship, but I wanted to wrestle, and this is the place." And he talked about like Brody and all that. It's it's such a good time to be a wrestling fan, like regardless of. Whether you like WWE, you hate WWE, whether you like AEW, you hate the AEW. It's just a good time to be a fan. There's just three matches everywhere now, isn't it? And it's great. We, we're literally like in a world where we might get fucking Brian Danielson versus Sting. Yeah. With the possibility that we might get Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. Like, and then there's the fact that they, that's like before we even like take into account that Adam Cole there. Mate, mate, if I Brian Dunn versus Jay White. Um, yeah, like the, there's the fact that um, on the press conference, like Adam Cole was before Daniel uh, Brian Danielson. Yeah, <laughs> and he and he just like they just stared each other down. And then Cole's like, "I'm a pro. I'm a pro. <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here." And then they just had like a really tense stare down. Leave a bait. Had to split them up. Um. Right, I think we'll move on to questions first and then we'll do a recap with our highs and lows and we'll do a uh, grading. So very quick, we'll do some questions. Uh, so Nat, Nat on Discord, uh, do you have any concerns about the AEW roster becoming bloated or the homegrown stars getting lost in the mix? Um, so I, I've been thinking about this one for a little while because obviously there's been like a lot of talk about um, like all these big names coming in. Tony Khan said, that the next four to six months are going to be monumental with some of the names they're bringing in. Obviously, the next big one being teased is a, a certain fiend, sorry, friend of the podcast. Um, 
I think he's setting this up perfectly to be able to give the wrestlers an off season. I mean, that's what well, that's what Tony said, and that's what I think has been implied. And that's what CM Punk said. He, he really liked the idea of as well when he when he was talking about signing uh, this idea that you don't like. I mean, just to put in perspective, this was the biggest show of the year for AW, probably the biggest show they've ever done. There was no Hangman. There was no Dark Order. Um, Jungle Boy and was on the Jungle Boy was on the pre-show. Matt Hardy was on the pre-show. Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy was on the pre-show. And also, like they didn't need Hangman on the show. Like he's arguably the biggest homegrown star. But if Hangman was on the show, especially if he was like, if they they were giving him that moment on this show, it would have been lost in the shuffle to the fact that we have Brian Danielson and Adam Cole show. And CM Punk. His first match and, and yeah. CM Punk's first match back in seven years, absolutely. Um, I, I, I think it's, I don't think it's going to get bloated. I think they've got themselves in a really good position, as I say, where they can afford an off season for the wrestlers. They can give a top guy who's in a title feud a few months off to kind yeah. of recharge his batteries and, and not get burnt out. And don't forget, this is AEW, they let people work other places. Like, if Joe Janela's not getting booked on Dynamite, he can go and work at GCW. I mean, literally, John Moxley's the GCW champion at the time of record. Yeah. In three weeks' um, time, we're getting um, we're getting Malachi Black and Evil Uno and someone else showing up to um, PWG and working there. Yeah. Like, Malachi Black feels like a fucking marquee attraction. He's wrestled, like, three matches, two of which were absolute... Well, three of which were squash matches. So, to answer the question, I don't think the roster's been bloated, and I don't fear the homegrown stars getting lost for two reasons. One, as we said, talent can work elsewhere, and, you know, it's like... AEW's feels more like now this... It's not so much like a roster, it's more like just a pool of talent that, that they draw mm. from. Um, and also, because... Listen to every big star that comes in, the first word out of their mouth is, I want to work with Jungle Boy, I want to work with Darby Allen, I want to work with Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs. I want, you know, they all say yeah. they want to work with the original talent. Yeah. And Brian Danielson's speech as well, he said about like the reason he wanted to come to AW was because of the job that like the guys who from day one have done in establishing this company as being the best place for wrestling. Yeah, well. Danielson was was adamant that the work done by the AW Originals is the reason he's there. Big fan of dinosaurs. Love some, love some dinosaurs. Love some dinosaurs. Um, and yeah, even like you've even got to look at guys like they're already planning for their next generation of like breakout stars like Daniel Garcia, like 2.0. Yeah. Like the they they're already building those guys. They've got the they've got the other guys who were started off as like as like the homegrown talent. They're ready to be in like the main event picture or the upper mid card picture. Like in, a few, in a few years' time, you'll have your MGFs and your Jungle Boys up at the top yeah. of the card, and you'll have look, your Darby Allens and your Ricky Stars. Look at the start of this podcast. I compared Jungle Boy to Triple H in the Attitude Era. I never thought that they'd ever be doing that. Yeah, and he's like he is like. All these homegrown stars, they're franchise players now. They they can literally like it's it's great that you've got your guys like Punk, Brian, um, Adam Cole, uh, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, established ready-made stars, but the the intrigue of them being in that company instead of just doing the same matches they could have done in WWE is that they've got all these homegrown talents to wrestle that you wouldn't have necessarily seen. Yeah. 
but the fact that as as you said, CM Punk and Daniel Branson, uh, Daniel Branson, Brian Danielson, have both said um, that they want to work with Jungle Boy at some point. It's I, I think they're going to be fine. I think Tony's got to, probably going to have a plan to be able to like space out that talent, um, and even with like stuff like Dark and Dark Elevation, the fact that like they're giving people a like a showcase on there to then get themselves like ready to be like last la, last night Ricky Shane Pigs in a match with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston and Darby Allen. Yeah, <laughs> you know we saw him literally. He literally bled on you in Liverpool. Exactly. <laughs> Wild. Um, so another question from that: What's going to happen with the Young Bucks and the Elite now that they've lost the gold? Uh, I think that Don is going to start berating the Young Bucks. Adam Cole is going to try and destroy the Elite from within, which is what he was trying to do when he was in Ring of Honor, and uh, probably going to end up getting Cole and the Young Bucks versus Kenny and the Good Brothers. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm probably gonna. It's probably going to lead more. Swifter to Kenny dropping the belt. Well, there's talk, there's been teased lately, isn't there? There's Cody's going back for a big story. Yeah, but he's going to come back to get his win back from Malachi Black. I mean, he could be back into the elite. He, he, either that, or you know, you've got you've got Brian Danielson and CM Punk. They need to get do a fucking job to Cody. They need to pay the dues to but the yeah, fucking dude. I certainly think they're setting up some sort of schism within the elite. Obviously, the books. It's all going to be. Mm. Because Kenny's become like sort of twisted around the idea of titles and success, hasn't he? And like it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts to the books being losers, effectively. It was especially because like the other thing that we didn't really touch on was when the young books came out, they were like they were like sort of like scolded dogs to quote JR. They were like they had the tail between the legs. They came out like quite sheepishly. Oh, at the end of the night. At the end of the night. Yeah. Like um, it was almost like. Kenny who's like the crime boss and they're like the sort of goons that have like fucked up yeah and got an answer to the crime boss yeah and then a final question or we'll say a final question a final, final sensible question from uh, Joe from the Dammit Vince podcast shout out to Dammit Vince can't wait to hear the review of the show because uh, I know they're all very excited about it look forward yeah. to that um, so Joe says allegedly there are two more WWE slash NXT talents ready to jump ship questions are one why is one of them Pete Dunne and who is the other mm. So Pete Dunne's not confirmed. Um, it looks like he may have signed a new deal. Yeah, they, well, they're certainly pushing him. Um, there's no way they'd push him if he didn't have a contract, surely. Yeah, they seem to have him like positioned as the top of NXT. They're not going to do that. I, I've got a feeling one of them's Chamber. Okay. He's been very vocal about AW recently. I mean, and the other one, absolutely Cedric Alexander. Did you see his tweet about <laughs> how he was jealous of Big Swall for working at AW? Yeah. And he was, he's been saying for a while he wants to leave. Uh, Cedric Alexander would be a great fit in AW as well. Um, I mean, I'd quite happily take uh, DI, one DIY and one of Finn Balor, please. One of DIY, just one DIY, uh, just complete two piece. Oh, to be fair, if we can get DIY versus the Young Bucks, that would be fucking incredible. Yeah, one thing we didn't talk about, um. Obviously, with the tag title change at the show tonight, is it opens up so many possibilities because the Lucha Bros can work heel or face depending on the situation. Yeah, and I, I mean, I wouldn't be against seeing a rematch of the Lucha Brothers versus Jurassic Express for the rest of the time. 
Yeah, but yeah, they uh, do Lucha like Bros versus Mox and Kingston at four. Yeah, Lucha, even like put them against like the Hybrid Two, butchering the blade are back. Lucha Bros butchering the blade would be just be horrible in, a, in the best possible way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, imagine fucking Pentagon taking a full death. So, yeah, right. Um, so I, I'm I'm not entirely sure if he's done is because uh, it looks like they're really going all in to keep him. Um, it I, seems I, like he's just resigned. His contract was up the same time as Adam Cole. I, I feel mean, like. I know Triple H is losing a bit of influence in NXT, but he is so high on Pete Dunn. Like, yeah. I don't think he's the one that gets to go away. Um, I'd be happy if we got a mustache mountain. Um, but I, I think... Oh, have actually, seen, the, have you seen what Finn Balor's been saying lately? Hasn't he just signed any deal? Right, but yeah, but he said like he doesn't need WWE and WWE doesn't need him, and it's all. I mean, obviously, people are reading into that. It's not what it sounds like, but still, we can always, we can always, you know, it's one to keep in your in your, in your head, Canon. Uh, and then one yeah, fact, one uh, fact, my, one... my my actual answer to the two to jump ship that I want to see is pretty deadly, and then have them form a faction with absolute Ricky Starks. You just drip for fucking years. Call call them absolutely deadly. <laughs> That's all we need. Absolutely deadly. Love it. Um, oh, that'd be pretty deadly. So, final question, and this is from Aaron, top silly Billy. Um, he asks, "Why couldn't Jericho put MGF over one more time? Why does he have to quote Chris Jericho? He's pissing off for six months anyway." I'll answer this. Um, I think you'll find Aaron. It's because he's beautiful on the inside. He is innocence personified, and um, you'll find that out when you listen to Judas for three hours in a row. You absolute blurt. You know, you know what you can't do for three hours, Aaron. Run away! <laughs> oh, that was cold like December snow. Yeah, everyone, keep an eye out on our social media for when Aaron subjects himself to three hours of Judas. What has he become now that he's betrayed everyone he's ever loved and pushed them all away? <laughs> now he has been a slave to the Judas yeah, I mean, in his mind. I mean, he will literally be a slave to Judas in his mind. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Is it to his ears for three hours? Is there something left for him around in the wreckage of his life? His life. <laughs> he's becoming. Um, he's becoming. He's becoming. He's becoming. Right. He's becoming, so he's becoming. we will sum it. We'll sum this all up now. Um, because we've gone. We've gone a good while. Um, <laughs> in. Uren in my mind. Um, do you want to give me your highs and lows? If you've got any lows, highs and lows for the show and a grade out of ten, please. Okay. Um, my high was the cage match. It was excellent. Uh, honorable mention goes to a surprise mayor, the granddad showing up. And Ruby Soho as well, because I really, really enjoyed seeing it, how happy she was when she came out. It made me feel really happy. Warm fuzzy on the inside. Um, did I have a low? My low, just because it didn't really... No, I didn't have a low. Fuck it. Okay, that's fine. Um, my grade, I'd probably give it a nine out of ten. Okay. Um, I mean, it's so easy to say. It's so easy to say that tag match, isn't it? Because it's it's a, like you say, it's a legit match of the year contender. Oh, there's not going to be much competition for that, I don't think, for me. But in the sake of saying something different, I'll say the sort of the last ten minutes. Yeah. For just for just the for, I mean wrestling's at its best when it's like a madass roller coaster. And that was a madass roller coaster. Like no one knew what the hell was going on. Adam Cole rocked up, Daniel Bryan rocked up, everyone got yes kicked. Jungle Boy got Adam got last shotted. It was it was mental. If you had told me that's what was gonna happen, 
I wouldn't have believed you. And it was phenomenal to watch it live. It was really, really good fun. Uh, again, no low for me. And you know what, lad? I think I'm going 10. Going 10. Going 10. Bring it out. See, I, was, I was giving it nine because I want to give it room for improvements. Well, if you're going 10, I'm going to have to go 10 with you. I mean, what can you improve on my card? Um, big show. What didn't hit? What, what, like, what literally, what didn't hit? Yeah, even Paul went QT, he said this paper's perfect. Yeah, it was. I, I, we, we all said, we just, down, so we, we'll get back up. We all said, we just want to see QT get the shipping out of him. And that's exactly and what we, we got. Did. Yeah. We got Nick Comrato, no son, WMD. We got JR getting confused and calling the big show all the time. Oh, so there you go. That is. Oh, yeah. That, that um, is. That definitely is, show of the year. Yeah, well, definitely the best, best pay per view we've ever done. Um, as people have been calling it the best pay-per-view since WrestleMania 17. Yeah. Um, it would have certainly... Phew, it was certainly a hell of a man, hell of a show. Phew, Jack, I mean, I'm, I can't even talk. I'm not excited just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> and then at Full Gear, we're going to have Tony Khan sending it to the absolute raptures when Hangman beats Kenny for the title. Oh, yeah. And then the fucking forbidden door opens and the, the Babadook comes out and Bray Wyatt does a murder on somebody. It's... I can't even describe... Like, the, How the excited thing I am is, about AEW right now. The thing is, is that he's been really clever as well in that he obviously he, he obviously like had Punk as the big one. But then he had like a load of little surprises that he was like, I'm saving them for the pay-per-view. So from like a consumer point of view, um if you're knowing he's gonna bring one big thing in to hype the pay-per-view. But then there's all that other mad shit that's going on. I'm so excited for full gear. Like, I'm already, I, I literally the day after I booked it off work. Yeah, I booked a weekend off work for it to make sure I, I can just enjoy the weekend and not have to go into work the next day. And like, it's it's just it's just wild, isn't it? It's such a good time to be a wrestling fan. It's it's we, we've said this before, but like more than any other time in AEW's two year history, like now it feels like they're catching fire, like really seriously. It, yeah, th- this is the most hyped I've been for like for AEW since Double or Nothing, like the first one. Yeah, and that's not like to say I haven't been hyped for AEW because I fucking love AEW, but I think like just remembering how excited I was for AEW when they did the one off and then obviously they had like three months till the TV started and they had like a monthly show in between and they were doing all the building and it was like fuck me if they if they can keep this momentum they can bottle that up that's gonna that's they're, they're gonna be fine and they've they've kind of they hadn't lost it but it definitely sort of dipped a bit and now it's like okay yeah the, the fucking the back on the fast part of the roller coaster again. Yeah, we're, we're back on the. We've done the uphill. We're back. We're back down there. We're, yeah. we're screaming down the drop now, which is yeah. Uh, yeah. It's 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 just thrilling. It's just so good. I'm, yeah, I'm not but the it's, most it's, excited it's, I've it's, been for a dynamite. It's just possibilities. Like like the thing you said, the dream match. It's just insane. Like there's so many things. I I'm trying not to think about them because it just it just upsets me that I can't have them right now. Give me. Minoru Suzuki versus Brian Danielson. Just just have, have him come out, challenge the winner. Have Miro call out Suzuki. Suzuki's in America for like six weeks. Just have Suzuki do an open challenge every week on Dynamite. Yeah. That's all he needs to do, and I'm fucking there. Right. With that note, on that note, we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap it up. So yeah, cool. um, if, I mean if you if, if you got to this point, 
and you haven't seen the show yet, what are you doing? Just go and watch yeah. it right now. Like, right, right now. Oh, go watch AW Sean Spears 2021 because that was a perfect 10. Hey. Um, yeah, so that's going to be it from us. Um, obviously, we're going to be back for Dynamite, which, whatever the hell that's going to be, who knows? It's, it's, it's the rule, the rule book's been thrown on the window and it's brilliant. And we'll see you all. Off the hinges. <laughs> the door is just a it's just like a bar door at the moment, just flapping back and forth. <laughs> uh yeah. As always, guys, take care, stay safe, enjoy wrestling. It's really hard not to right now, isn't it? And we'll see you all very soon. Goodbye. Bye. And now a word from our sponsors. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Do you like wrestling? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Check out topropebrewing.com, our very own Big Tasties brewery. They do a great deal of wrestling-themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of t-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out topropebrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard bams, oils, and grooming kits, they also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket, and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to test out your cancer charities.